tell me an experience when you did well in the same situation. What happened? And let's see what's happening when you're not doing well. So what you have to change. It also helps to recalling a good experience, uh, a, a, a good performance is that recognizing that, okay, I can do this. I, I, I've done it in the past. And, and also what I'm, go- I'm doing differently. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. And on today's episode, we have Dora Kurame, who is a certified mental performance consultant. She is a psychology researcher and an author of three books. She brings some great knowledge on topics that can directly help you play better golf through improving your mind. That's what we are about here. Uh, at the Mental Golf Show is improving your mind so that you can play better golf and enjoy the game more, of course. So we'll get into that conversation in just a sec. But before we do, I want to mention to new listeners and those who haven't done it yet, the Mental Game Assessment. You've heard me mention this before if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast. The assessment is basically a personality quiz, uh, although it's not. Uh, it's not it's it's not rigorously tested through research. It's 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 something that my mentor Robert Limville and I uh, created, um, and uh, it, it's it's really just for your mental game related to golf. Uh, once you take the assessment, I will make your personal assessment report and send it back to you. I hand do every single one of them, so I have a backlog of assessments that I need to send out. So if you've done it in the past and haven't got your report back, just be patient. I'll get it to you. There's been a ton of people taking it, so that's a good problem to have. Uh, The link to the mental game assessment will be front and center in the show notes, so you won't be able to miss it. It'll be right below all of uh, Dora's links. Uh, Okay, let's get into this conversation with Dora Kirame. Dora, thank you for joining the Mental Golf Show. Uh, if you could just start by introducing yourself, giving us some history, um, maybe how you got to here. Uh, I know you've got some, uh, you know, different f- uh, stages of your life, so maybe you could catch us up on how you got to where you are today. Uh, sure, and thank you for the opportunity. So I'm from Budapest, uh, from Hungary, and um, I grew up there, and um I uh, played for the Hungarian national team for six years. And uh, I was already interested in sports psychology because I, I, um, I had experienced how important is the mental game on myself. And I also had to work with a sports psychologist even at age 14. So I already knew the importance of that. And um I, I become one of the top players in, in Europe uh, under age uh, 18. I was top 10 and um, I, was, I, was a, I was basically playing in a really high level. And then I transitioned into psychology. So I did a master's degree in psychology. Then um, I got a scholarship to study for my master's degree in sports psychology. So I moved to California And uh, I did another master's degree in sports psychology. And um, I had a five-year break um, of playing table tennis. So I started playing table tennis 
when I was doing um, my master's degree in sports psychology. And the reason was that because I really wanted to apply the skills that I'm learning in, in, in the, at the university. So it worked really well. And I still got top 10 in the U.S. And um, so after that, I also did, a, did my uh, certification regarding as a, I'm a certified mentor performance uh, consultant by the Association of Sports Psychology. And um, actually I'm also a certified table tennis coach as well. So um, that's my, my journey. So I lived in California at that time when I, 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 the first time when I moved to the US because uh, I studied there, then, um, then I moved to New York. So currently I'm based in New York and um, and I also published a couple of books on the topic. And uh, yeah, so I'm continuously um, improving myself and creating materials, working with athletes, um, amateur athletes. And uh, I, I work with Olympians as well. So I'm, I work with a very wide range of athletes. Right. From and many different sports as well. Right. Okay. Many different sports. I was gonna say, yes. do you do you primarily stick with table tennis uh, or do you venture out into other sports? No. So um how I said I I, I work with athletes ac- ac- across the range of sports, table tennis, tennis, squash, swimming, golf, soccer, karate, judo, haptathlon, water polo, basketball, softball. And I work with um, different level of athletes, ranging from amateur to national level athletes, national champions, and even Olympians as well. Wow, that's crazy! I can <laughs> barely keep my focus on just one sport, which is golf, <laughs> and you're all over the place. Okay, so you mentioned, and I, I want to get into um, like how the mental and psychological aspects can translate between sports, and why it's why why you're able to coach that many different sports with psychology, but you mentioned you're constantly working on improving yourself. So what do you do? You know, you, maybe it's specific, like I read this or I do this to improve yourself as a coach, to continue to get better as a coach. You know, um, you and I have backgrounds in improving ourselves in a sport. How do you continue? How do you take that work ethic and and take it to improving yourself as a coach? Yeah, so my philosophy is that learning is a never-ending process, and um, I'm always open to learn um, things on, on, on different subjects. So I, I, my, my philosophy is that you learn the most by doing. So um, I improve myself as a coach through facing challenges when one method worked for one individual and did it, didn't work for another individual, and I had to make those adjustments. And that's why I like to create individualized plans for my players. Um, and a reflection helped me also a lot to improve uh, when things didn't go the way. So I, I, I planned and check in what I, I must to do differently next time. And um, I, I'm always looking uh, different ways to work with individuals and groups. And um, I'm improving myself or um, regarding um, I'm, I'm reading uh, different resources and uh, I also it's very helpful to talking to mentors colleagues and also to help other it's also very helpful to to watch other professionals what they are doing and um, I'm also a believer that when you're working with someone 
a group or a team, it's always a two-way learning process. So you also learn from uh, who you are working with. So it's 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 a two-way process for sure. Mm. Yeah, well said. Okay, so maybe we can jump back to what I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. How, how are you able to um, translate the different psychological aspects from, you know, something like squash all the way over to, I mean, you know, like swimming or something, just something totally different. And like, how are you able to translate like what, what's similar across sports that psychology can, can apply to everything? So, um, there are universal phenomenons and, um, I would say the, the, the topics are, are very similar. So usually athletes, um, who I work with, they, they, um, the, the, the same, uh, topic comes <laughs> regarding right. what we have to work on and it's, it's how to increase self-confidence and also competitive anxiety. That's a huge part, right? It's special. I mean, if somebody is competing, that's, that's, I think one of the uh, biggest challenge and how I said, how you can increase your confidence and also how you can move on from bad shots. So how you can play by point, regardless from the previous point. I think that's the key. Because if you can do that, you have the confidence and you can also cope with uh, uh, pressure and, and uh, stress. And um, we, I, I mean, everyone knows that I think competitive anxiety is so normal and it's just part of the game. And also mistakes are part of the game. <laughs> so we have to accept that. So it's, it's all about, I would say, how you can be in the present moment and move on from the past and not to be in the future. Um, and um, I, I usually say you play your best when you're not thinking. I mean, you're, of course, you are intuitively thinking, but you're just trusting in the process, trusting in your strokes, and you're in a flow state, right? Or performance state, uh, optimal performance state or zone. When, when you're in that state, everything is just working. So the key is to get in, in to that state. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and we all want to be in that state all the time. We all want to have confident, <laughs> constant confidence, um, low levels of anxiety. And, and that's something I want to talk about later. Actually, maybe we can jump into it right now. So you, mm-hmm. you've done some actual research studies and academic papers and and that kind of thing. Um, and, and I really enjoyed, um, the the one you did in 2017 um and there was a couple topics from it that i um that i said this would be good to talk about and mm-hmm. one of them is uh, and maybe you can help define these um uh these topics for the listener for me avoidance coping versus problem focused coping so uh, the way i thought of avoidance coping and problem focused coping would be maybe ignore the issue or face the issue. And those are different ways of coping with your stress or your anxiety. Maybe you can shed some light on the difference between avoidance coping and problems focused coping. I know it wasn't like the central purpose of the research, but it was just some, some interesting terms and maybe how we can learn from that. So maybe define avoidance coping and problem focused coping and, and what those mean for us. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for pointing out. Actually, I did this research 
because of my personal experience when I was competing. So that was the whole, uh, um, I would say, that's why I, I, I chose that research topic. And uh, it's a very good point. So avoidance coping um, means that for you, are blocking out distraction. You're not thinking about it and you are behaving. It does not exist. <laughs> so, and actually during competi competitions, it can be useful. And the most useful when you cannot control that factor. So for example, you cannot control the weather in golf, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to ignore the the those distractions and not to get affected by them. If you can control things, distractions, you you want to use problem focused scoping, which means that you can change the situation and you find a solution to that. So the key I would say during competitions is that if you can control the situation, you want to use problem focused scoping, which means that you can change it and you can find a solution. If you cannot control, you want to be able to ignore it and not to be affected by it. Mm. So that's the key. Okay. And and regarding coping, because I love this stress and coping uh, subject, uh, in short term, it works really well. In long term, avoidance coping, it's not working because you're ignoring continuously the, the situation. So it can cause... Um, problems in the long term regarding stress but okay. short term yeah. when you are in the moment you need excellent focus you want to be in flow zone or optimal performance state and you do everything that you can be in that moment and you want to ignore everything else and just watch the ball and just able to just believe in your shots just trusting in your shots and do your best shots and move on mm. point by point. Okay, so in a in a micro level in during the competition, avoiding the the things you can't control, like weather, other players, course conditions, those kind of things you can't control them. So it's better to just not even think about them. Just don't even focus on them, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's okay. avoidance and that works well. And you see that the best players, they can just it doesn't matter the circumstances. They just do what they have to do, right? Mm. Because they they don't get distracted. Or mm. if even if they get distracted, they can refocus, reset immediately. Right. Because then they know. Because also they have the awareness for that. Right. And they and they switch into problem focused coping, coping with the stress of competition. They they switch into I'm focused on what I can control, you know, the process, the routine that I'm going through, the, the feeling of the swing that I want to make. They're, they're focused on those things and ignoring the uncontrollables. But then you said longer term, avoidance is not helpful and um, problem focused is helpful. So maybe explain, explain that like in a macro view, like maybe across a year, how, why is avoidance coping with stress not helpful and because it's hard to like you should do this in competition but not do this when you're not competing so so maybe explain why that's different sure so um when you're dealing with with with, with a problem or you have a a anxiety 
for example, outside of the tournament. That that's a little uh, different topic. If you're just ignoring those signs and affecting you, it can cause chronic stress, right? So in long term, you want to deal with it rather than behaving like it doesn't exist. So also, um, you can also use. Um, I mean, you can do different things to to um, mute those feelings, right? But you have to face with it. So that's why it's important. You don't want to avoid the problem. Um, rather, you want to face with the problem. So I also tell you just an, uh, another example for avoidance coping. Um, also, if somebody is, is going through a difficult situation, you can have just a drink to mute that, that feeling, that kind of avoidance mm. coping, right? Mm. So, so also you want to rather work on, 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 on that problem rather than just, you know, muting those feelings. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I hope that makes sense or it it's does. a good example. And it still goes back to controllables or uncontrollables. If, if you know, your personal issues... And as we're as we're recording this, it's May, which is um, mental. What is it? S- mental awareness month, or or mental something? <laughs> mental awareness. health. Mental, mental health. health. So, Sorry, yeah. so yeah, so May first. Yeah, it started. This is mental health right. awareness month. Right. And uh, it's uh, it's also. I mean, uh, it's very important when you're facing with a problem. Rather than ignoring that, talk about it. Self-care, I would say it's a big part of it. Um, and it can be very helpful. But the issue is is, is a little bit deeper. Uh, mm. People can reach out to professionals. Just Absolutely. talk about it. And and um, actually also, um, I mean, when there is a symptom or someone is dealing with someone, it usually takes 11-year ignorance until it becomes a huge problem. So you, you, ha- I mean, it takes 11 years until right. it, it goes really wrong, right. usually. So, so that's why avoidance coping is not working uh, in the long term. Right. Yeah. So you, you've got time, you know, if you're going through a problem, you've got time to address it and don't avoid it anymore. And that, that applies to sports or you know, your personal life. So another, um, another topic that I pulled out of that research that you did, that same one, um, was anxiety as facilitative or debilitative. And I thought this was interesting. And, and there's competing schools of thought of like, it is a little bit of anxiety helpful or is it always hurtful? So maybe where do you fall on that? Because we all feel, you know, in, in some kind of competitive environment, whether it's just on the weekend playing with three buddies or it's a, you know, the U S open, like it's, we're all going to feel some kind of competitive anxiety. So is it, is some helpful or is it always hurtful? What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would say anxiety is, is not a bad thing because I mean, everyone, um, um, experience that if you're Mm. too relaxed, you're not going to play well. Mm. So you need a little bit side up and a little, you feel that little nervousness because nervousness mm-hmm. is not a bad thing because everyone has an optimal energy level. If it's too high, that's not good. You're not going to right. perform well. If it's too low, also, it's not, you're not mm-hmm. going to do your best. So there is an optimal energy level. 
and we talked about it, it, it can be tied back to, you know, the optimal performance state. So you, a little nervousness is, is good, but also there is um, intensity. So the level of anxiety, what you feel, you can feel the symptoms. So, you know, how is your breathing? How is your heart rate? But also there is another dimension, which is um, um, facilitative or debilitative anxiety is based on your thoughts. So how you are interpreting that situation, can you control that situation or not? So you can, uh, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't control this situation and I'm so anxious, that's debilitative because you're saying, your, your interpretation is that, I don't know what to do, but you can have high intensity, like you're very nervous that, but you know that, okay, I'm, I'm going to go through this situation and I can control this. And I'm also going to focus on my breathing. I'm going to be positive. So that's kind of facilitative anxiety. Mm. I see. Uh, anxiety or nervousness or a little bit of stress that reminds you to get back to the things you can control to focus on you know, avoiding the things you can't control, focusing on the things you can, it's helpful. It's it's like a good competitive, stressful feeling, right? Yes, yes, yeah. definitely. And again, everyone is different. Mm, sure. <laughs> so everyone has to know what works for you. I always say, whatever works for you, keep it. If it doesn't work, leave it. That mm. simple it is. And I, I highlighted the importance importance the individual differences so one thing can work really well for one person and not for the other one right. so you have to know yourself and mm. and and that self-awareness comes in that's the most important thing is that know yourself and know what works for you what are your strengths what are your weaknesses and what are your triggers right? Mm -hmm. Everyone has triggers. Triggers mm -hmm. means that there are some certain situations when you, when you know that you feel, feel challenged or annoyed. So mm -hmm. you want to prepare mm -hmm. for those moments as well. Good. That's, that's great practical advice. So on that thread, um, you're yet another person that brings up the topic of awareness on the podcast. I mean, every, I say this, I feel like every time, every smart person I talk to talks, says the importance of awareness. So if awareness is so important, and I feel like the average golfer that might be listening to this might not be great at awareness, might not have great self-awareness, how how could just the random person listening right now, you know, not able to talk to you or me, how could they work on awareness, noticing the things that are bothering them, noticing when they're too amped up or not amped up enough, how, how could they get better at that awareness technique? I mean, it's a continuous learning, but one of the um, basic things that anyone can do is just um, remember back when you perform your best, what thoughts you have, what did you do, and uh, what you needed to able to perform your best. And also remember a time when things didn't go the way, what were your distractions? What were your thoughts? So what, what's really important regarding awareness, know how you are when you're your best and also know what are the situations you can list, they can start listing those situations. What are those challenging situations when, um, 
when they're not performing that that well and what's happening what are their thoughts what are their feelings what are their behaviors so that's a good start mm -hmm. and because if you don't know what you want to change it's really hard to change it right mm -hmm. uh so for the first step is is to know what are your strengths when you perform your best and what are your challenging moments when you're not performing well and what's happening in your mind, how you're feeling and and what you're doing, basically. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that that introduces a great way to do that, like a great practical way to do that would be some kind of post-round uh, or post-competitive journaling or... Um, kind of review of like, okay, what went well? When, what were the situations where I felt, you know, between one to 10 where I felt like a five and then what were the situations that amped me up too much that got me down too low, right? Like some kind of self-assessment. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I like to do, uh, I also highlight the importance of self-reflection. So yes, after a game, it's very important to write down what went well, what 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 happened what went well what didn't go well and mm. how you can do it differently next time and uh also um usually there is a problem with 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 the players uh they have a tendency tendency to focus on just the outcome results mm. so it's very important to focus on the process goals and performance goals which means that you are focusing on your progress rather than just the result. So you want to be um, better every time when you play. I usually say that, or ask this question, how much do you think to improve in a year if you improve every day 1%, mm. right? It's yeah. a lot. So if you have that mindset, you can improve a lot. If you're just focusing, oh, I just want to win this tournament, or I just want to get this result, Usually, um, players have a tendency to forget about what they have to do to get there. Mm. So, it's 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 key. And how you said, yes, um, post um, reflection is mm. is very important. So, setting up process goals or um, performance goals um, that helps you to achieve what you want, what skills you want to develop, what skills you want to improve, and checking in during trainings. And also after tournaments on those dimensions and rating yourself one to 10 can be, it's, it's super helpful. Mm. Yeah. And that goes back into the, the long-term avoidance or problem focused. Uh, it's if you're, if you're avoiding all of these things that you're trying, that you should be focusing on, it's not going to be helpful, but instead what can I control across an entire year? I can control this, 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 and this. I can control my swing training. I can control my nutrition, fitness, mental training, whatever. So focusing on those things you can control little bit by little bit on a daily basis makes a huge difference over the long term. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Cool. So <laughs> you you mentioned acceptance. That's kind of the the second pillar of what a lot of people talk about on the podcast is first it's awareness and then it's acceptance. So maybe define acceptance because a lot of people think um, they equate acceptance with like whatever, you know, I, 
I don't care at all about the result. I don't care. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm just out there going through the motions. They, they, they kind of see it as like a zombie like state, just too low acceptance, whatever happens, I don't care. So maybe give a definition of acceptance and why it's important, maybe for golf specifically. Yeah. So acceptance means that you accept yourself um, and not to deny or suppress what you're feeling. So you're just acknowledging your feeling. That's acceptance. Mm. So whatever happens in the golf course, you're just accepting rather than denying. Okay. I'm upset with this shot. Even, you know, it's, it's actually, I can also tie it back to I like to talk about a mistake ritual regarding when um, people make mistakes. So one of the mistake, one of the part of the mistake ritual is that you want to accept what happened and after you're able to move on. If you can accept it and also acknowledge the, the feeling, you can move forward in a moment and mm-hmm. it, it, it helps to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that again, back to avoidance or problem focused. It's you're not avoiding everything. Mm-hmm. You're 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 intentionally tuning into what's going on inside of me with the things I can control. So after a bad shot, you're upset. It's okay, I'm upset, right? And and that's the way to move on, right? Is to exactly. accept it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um that's 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 the way to move on. And again, can you control your mistake? After it happened. No. no. So you have two choices. You can be upset and mm. be affected or you just let it go mm. and you just move on. Well said. Well said. Okay. So uh, kind of a left turn here. Um, what you mentioned this before, uh, it seems like across all sports, the same kind of issues yeah. come up to you. Like, uh, the people bring up the same kind of struggles. Um, what would you say is the most common issue that players of different sports or maybe golf or just bring up to you in general that you, you feel like you're always dealing with? Definitely performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's very, um, very uh, common topic. Also, how I said, how to move on from mistakes mm-hmm. uh, and confidence issues. And also how how to get up from a slump. So um, the, these are the main main mm. main topics. Sure. And also, and also on, one more. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go. I'm sorry. One more. No. Also, uh, some players uh, play really well at trainings, but not performing right. well at competitions. Right. But that's kind of related to performance anxiety. It yeah. is. You're right. So how would you? Two of those, those are all extremely interesting and everyone wants to hear about them because they're very <laughs> common. So how would you, how would you talk to someone? I'm, I'm great on the driving range before the round. And then I go over to the first tee and I immediately start struggling. If pretend I'm one of your players, uh, how would you help me through that situation? So the first step is awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So we will, we, I, I would, I like to ask questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would, I, I ask, okay, so what, what's happening exactly? What, what are you thinking? But that's very important. So what, what players thinking, feeling, 
and how is their body language, it's all affecting their performance. And one of them is not working well affecting the others, right? Mm. So the first step is awareness that I would, what would be important to know is that uh, the players is is uh, overthinking it or having negative thoughts, or it's more a feeling um, so part, so feeling very nervous, or um, or also um, is that more a physical? They have they are having more physical symptoms. So the first step would be identify what is the biggest challenge for them that is interfering with their performance, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be the first step is to to know what what's happening and what we have to change. That would be the first step. Um, also, it's 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 a good way um, to to know is that okay. So, tell me an experience when you did well in the same situation. What mm-hmm. happened? Right. And let's see what's happening when you're not doing well. So what? you have to change right. so it also helps to recalling a good experience uh, a, a, a good performance is that recognizing that okay i can do this I, I i've done it in the past and and also what i'm going i'm doing differently it's also a common mistake that um uh, tempo is very important and and regarding every sport have specific features, right? Golf is a long, I mean, regarding ours, it's way mm-hmm. longer than um, um, other sports. So it's also important the tempo between um, between the points. So some players have a tendency of rushing, some players slowing down too much. So it's even just identifying your pace, it's so important even between between shots how much time you're taking Mm, i like that yeah so awareness of what's happening when it's happening compared to the great times and there's a difference there so let's resolve the difference and try to get you more doing the thing when it goes well when you're feeling great on the first tee exactly and and what's really helpful is recalling a good experience in that moment. So remembering, okay, when I did well, because if you recall that feeling, you will feel the same way. So it mm-hmm. will help with your shot. Breathing is, is super helpful as well. And of course, uh, um, encouraging yourself, right? So positive self-talk and visualization. I mean, it's imagery is so important in golf. You want to visualize mm-hmm. everything because you have to know um, where the ball is going. Right. Give your giving your body instructions of what you want it to do right yes but also what's 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 important in general in every sport if you're overthinking it it's not going to help Mm. so in a competition you have to able to trust what you got right that time is not about training right right so the key is to trust what skills uh, set you have and and when things not going well, mm. you, you want to be able to reset, refocus, and move on and just keep going. Right. Okay, so if a player tends to be a very mechanical technique type of player, how would you suggest, you know, if they say, I you know, I, I like working on my swing the entire time I'm playing a competition, and everyone's different again, but 
what would you try to encourage them to do? Because a lot of people are, they're very technical. You know, if, if things start going bad, they start wondering what's going on with their swing. They start tinkering. They start trying to figure it out and training while they play. How would you coach that player? So pre-shot routine is so important. So stick with your pre-shot routine, regardless what's happening. And, 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 um, so also focus on, 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 on the contact. So also you cannot give your staff too many instructions. So one or two things that you can uh, focus on when things are not going well. And I would say also it's so important to feel relaxed. If your muscles are tight, it doesn't matter how well you know your swing, mm-hmm. you're not going to do well. So again, that's why focusing on your breathing and uh, focusing on keeping your hand light, right? That can be very, very just important and focusing on the contact. So uh, don't overanalyze the situation because right. that's more and more um, uh, uh, training. You, you need a couple of cues for adjustments, but just right. a couple, not too right. many. Right. Okay. That's good. Not overthinking and not underthinking, finding that balance. And everyone's different again. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. So another another topic is that you've mentioned is how to move on from bad shots. That's a very common thing for, for players. They hit a bad one and it lingers with them for three or four holes. And, you know, hopefully not the entire round. And, and usually you snap out of it. But how can you get to where you hit a bad shot and you quickly move on and the next one is completely unaffected by the previous one so um mistakes are part of 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 the game and uh, acceptance is key here right so you want you want to accept that you you uh will do some mistakes and um it's very important to be able to play um point by point regardless uh from the previous point and just be right now and not to think about the mistakes uh the you know it's basically being in the past so um Mystic ritual can be very helpful. Mystic ritual is a physical gesture that helps uh, the player bounce back quickly after losing a point. It's a, it's a kind of a physical pattern that hmm. athletes does consistently when he or she misses a point uh, or or does a mistake. So it can be, for example, you, uh, you, uh, someone uh, have a uh, does a bad shot. Yeah. I, I mean, mm-hmm. that af- right after that can look at uh, uh, um, uh, a place, look, look around, mm-hmm. and basically uh, focus more on the surroundings and focusing on also the breathing because that can help to mm-hmm. move on um, from the, the, the mistake. So it's right. basically someone is continuously doing something. It can be taking off the gloves, right? So that can be also mm-hmm. like a mistake ritual. Everyone is different. Mm-hmm. So everyone um, wants to basically uh, create a mistake ritual, whatever works uh, the, the best for, for the player and, and do it consistently. Because if you when you do a mistake and you just do it, that mm-hmm. you're with that. Okay, I'm just going to focusing on that one. And, uh, and, and breathing is also very, very helpful to combine with that and, 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 um, and how I said, uh, encouraging, um, yourself as well. 
So I don't know if it makes sense, but you want to continuously, it's like a mental stroke. Mm. So what do you do when you do a mistake? You create a mental routine Mm. that involves physical components as well. Um, But that's, that's your job. So in a practice, uh, during practice, you can practice to, to practice your mystic ritual. Mm. Yeah. And, and something I've, I've heard too, I, I like the, you said taking off your glove. So the vel- mm-hmm. the sound of the Velcro kind of brings you back to the present. So I guess the, the issue at heart is when you're trying to move on from a bad shot, you're stuck in the past usually. So yeah. your body is in the present. So doing things to remind, remind yourself of where your feet are, bringing your mind back to where your feet are and breathing is a great way because that's recognizing a where your body is, a physical sensation and looking at your surroundings is the present and the sound of the glove is the present. So it's kind of, um, I've heard it like do things with your five senses. You know, what are you smelling? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you tasting? Like what those five senses are the present. So that's a, I guess that's a physical ritual to say, I'm not the, p- back there anymore. I'm right here, right? Exactly. Mm. Because if you're focusing on your surrounding and yourself, you can't focus on the mistake, right? Right? Can you focus on two things at one? No. Mm. So the key is that we focus. Like, okay, I'm focusing on. I'm. I'm trying to hear how I'm, I'm taking off my gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm also focusing on my breathing, mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. So if you do that, you, you basically, you already moved on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. I love that. Okay. So you, you coach a wide range of athletes from maybe not beginner. I don't know, but like, you know, relatively novice level to Olympian athletes. So what do you, what do you recognize as the difference between the players that are at their best and and at the best at the peak of a sport relative to someone that's you know just starting out or just beginning or or kind of struggling? What do you see the difference is there usually maybe uh, psychologically uh, or maybe it's habits or, or what do you see the difference there? So I would say the better you you someone gets in a sport. The, the the most mental the sport becomes right mm. so at high level everyone has the physical skills and the technical you know it's so everyone is so skilled so what what's really differentiate is the mental part right mm. mm-hmm. a, a beginner level i mean you have to work on your basic strokes so um that's you know, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little different, but of course it's also mental as well. So you, you still need um, more mental skills, but um, at highest level, that's, that's, I I would say it's, you know, it's more, the percentage is different. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely, it's, it becomes more mental and less physical as you go. So what, what are some mental differences like, is it a difference in self-talk? Is it a difference in confidence? Is it a, is it less anxiety? Is it more anxiety? What do you what do you recognize as like this novice player never does this that this Olympian does? What what do you recognize there psychologically? So I would say that you know it's kind of a question that what 
high performance do differently from mm-hmm. average players, right? Also, mm-hmm. but novice players, that's that's a you, you know that's a big difference. So, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but definitely, uh, um, um, and a high performer is mm. very consistent. Mm. So, um, high performance also have excellent focusing and confidence skills, emotional coping and mental toughness, right? Mm. So that means that uh, mental toughness is a psychological edge that helps you to go better during competition training and life to be more consistent, focused, confident, and ultimately better than your open and under pressure and bounce back quickly after setbacks and and mistakes, right? So a high performer can also can move on quickly after bad shots. Mm -hmm. And also a great player has uh, determination, commitment, self-reflection to improve his game or his or her game every time right mm. so it's also like a continuous improvement mm. after with a reflection that that we uh talked about so so i mean these are these are the differences but yeah. uh for excellence you need you need to do that shot and routines so many times so you don't think about it so, I mean, somebody's really good at their sport and really high level, like Olympians, they don't think about it. They can do it anytime, right? So um, a, a novice player is kind of like um, um, learning the stroke. So sure. it's not that fluid and they have mm. to think about it. It's not automatic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like the consistency one where it's like, yes, they're like their the result of their shots are more consistent but also they are just more consistent people they show up and work hard at the same intensity every time they don't take they might they might take a day off but when they're practicing it's not a day off it's it's full intensity full focus and then every single shot is a full mental process of focus and and refocusing and going through that uh, mistake ritual and it's just consistency has to be a a huge factor in the difference between average players or especially novices and olympian level you know top of their game top 50 in the world type of players it's they just show up and do the same thing every time and they know and trust that it works oh absolutely and and i also have to highlight the importance of a difference between quality and quantity mm-hmm. right so quality is super important. So a high performer also does everything with quality. It's not mm-hmm. about quantity, right? Just you're just hitting and um, you can play right. for a long time, but it's also very important how you train. Right. Okay. So and what's your intention? Also? Yes. Everything is intentional, right? Yes. Right. So uh, that was that was another thing I wanted to talk to you about when when a player maybe comes to you and they're on the average side of things. They're um, towards the beginning, they're not an Olympian. The, those usually have the preparation practice figured out. But if if someone says, you know, I just I just show up and go through the motions and practice, and I I don't really know what I'm doing. I how do you or do you work with players on like uh, you you know this is how you should plan your practice? And I know you work with fifteen different sports and practice looks different for swimming than it does for golf it's just different but how do you how do you talk about preparation and practice with players so i i it's also i mean 
they have a coach, right? So um, the coach helps to put together uh, the preparation um, and, uh, you know, the plan. So what I, 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 I work with them is, but also if if they are amateur players and, you know, they are more novice players, I can also Mm -hmm. help with um, just put together a really basic plan that, okay, so let's see what are the skills that you, you, you have to um, improve. So there Mm -hmm. is physical, technical, tactical, and mental part of the game. Right. Mm -hmm. So, this if you break it down these four components you can also help the players to to have a plan for each each of those because every every part is very important uh someone can have a very good physical tactical and mental game but if if the tactically not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. strategically not playing it well right that can diminish their game or you know any any so all of these components are very important mm-hmm. so you want to train all of these components yeah and that just bringing that to a player is usually all i ever do is work on my swing so just introducing different components of the game to them oh i need to focus more on you know i don't always need to hit driver on you know just just bringing that awareness to a player of saying there are more than just working on your swing. And everyone listening right now tends to just go through block practice where it's just, I'm, I'm just raking and hitting. I'm just repetitively practicing emotion and they don't break apart their practice into the different facets and working on their mental and working on their tactics, their strategy, um, and, you know, physical fitness and nutrition. There's just, there's so many things that that bringing that awareness to a player is huge just to just to get them going in a better direction where it's more intentional and higher quality oh absolutely and actually a performance profile can be very helpful to start with as mm-hmm. well as okay so what list all the qualities uh, and areas that is important in, in golf right mm. so and where you are right now which is if you have to rate yourself one to ten which is the lowest which is the highest mm. and which are the three most important the ones to work on right now mm. that's good that's good okay so how as we kind of round towards closing how would you if a player is working on their mental game with you how do you track that improvement over time? Or do you, or is it just, is it just simply how do they feel? Is it just, just how they talk to you? Or is, is there like a um, tangible way that you track someone's improvement mentally? Oh, so you're talking, uh, asking about the tracking. Yes. Um, so yeah, so it's very, it's good to create a, a, a system mm-hmm. Um of, or or a or a, a scorecard to measure the different aspects mm-hmm. of the mental game, and I, I, how I said before, it's really good to evaluate in yourself on different dimensions after trainings and also mm-hmm. tournaments. So tracking your process goals, I want to highlight the process mm-hmm. goals, and um, you 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 can um, um, create process goals for your full shot, short game, or putting as well. Mm-hmm. So you can break it down to different segments and see, you know, where 
I am right now and where I want to be. So, um, and also check in after trainings and also competitions. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Just doing any kind of tracking is better than none. Just tracking, you know, this is where I want to be in six months as a results goal. And here's the process goals that I want to meet along the way. Just following those stepping stones is is so much more than most people do. They just show up and and just hit some putts around the green and just hit some balls on the range and then go play. And they, they're not intentional. Back to that intentionality. They're they're not intentional. There's no quality to it. So just just focusing on where do you want to be and how do you plan on getting there and following the how do you plan on getting there is just going to be way better than what we tend to do by default. No, absolutely. And um, how I said it, less is, well, I didn't say that, but now I'm saying less is is more. Mm. I always highlight this, this, uh, the importance is less is more if you're doing it intentionally. So Mm -hmm. you want to be intentional what you're working on. Mm. And um, yes, it's, 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 it's crucial to highlight um, what's the most important skills you work on for you and also track the process and do things intentionally regarding to improve those skills. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So I kind of have one final question and then I'm going to kind of open the floor for you. <laughs> but um, when we're watching, let's say the Olympics or uh, for people listening to this, we're watching the PGA tour and, and the players at the highest uh, level and it's on TV and they're under the players that we're watching are under that pressure cooker. What should we be watching for? What, what do you watch for when you watch uh, maybe you're watching players play table tennis? What um, you know, maybe we're at a golf tournament watching players. What, what is something that we can watch for? Um, as viewers of players at a high level, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, definitely consistency, right? And, 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 uh, that's definitely, um, you can watch for that. And also Mm -hmm. their rituals, Mm -hmm. (laughs) everyone has some rituals. You you look at, uh, you know, highest level players, um, um, you know, in golf, pre-shot rituals and mm. and and in table tennis, serve service rituals. Yeah. Uh, it's so specific for each players, and uh, players also uh, develop between rituals, um, <laughs> between the points, different shots, and mm. and and many times actually, it's 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 not they develop it um, um, intuitively, so that comes naturally sure. to sure. them. So uh, definitely that's very interesting to see those. Mm. And of course, there are beautiful swings or sure. uh, strokes. I mean, high level, they, they right. have uh, great ones. And also how they are handling challenging moments, right? Mm. Uh, they always have a comeback regardless of what sport you are watching. Mm. Um, you know that uh, best players, then they, 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 they can come back. So right. even if after a bad start, it's not. Yeah, well said. Okay, so I, I again, I really appreciate you doing this with me. So I want to kind of give you an opportunity to, you know, anything you want to promote, where can people find you? You know, the floor is yours for a sec. If you want to, you know, direct people towards 
something you want them to see? Uh, sure. Oh, and before one more, uh, sure, thought, yeah. oh, I didn't talk about body language, but body language is yeah. also really important. Absolutely. So, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want players, to leave that out. No. Yeah. Because we, we tend to get really down on ourselves and, and, you know, we're kicking and we're frustrated. The best players in the world move on with confidence and you can see it in their body language. You see in the way they carry themselves. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, but it doesn't mean that they always feel confident. That's right. So they, so that's the thing is that well they can just yes move, move on. They, everyone is human, right? That's right. So uh, also when someone can handle pressure, it doesn't mean that they are not feeling anxious. They can feel yeah. really anxious, yeah, and they are feeling anxious. Yeah, but in the moment they can pull it um, together. So, yeah, they're humans yeah. too. So we can, yeah. I, I guess. Before I before I let you, this is great. Uh, <laughs> before I let you promote something, when we're watching PGA Tour on TV or or Olympics every couple of years, um, we tend to put these athletes on a pedestal and and as if they're not human, as if they woke up one day and they were just these magical, amazing people. But they are humans. They are people that have struggles. They are. There are people that go through the same emotions that we do, and and they're like you're saying they're probably not feeling great inside. They're, it's a lot of pressure. Imagine you in that situation. It's a lot of pressure. They're probably not feeling one hundred percent, but they have found a way to handle it, and they've found a way to to perform despite those feelings. And that's that's something we should probably learn as we watch. They're humans going through human emotions. And they're handling it better than we would, I guess. Yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. They are amazing performance. Right. Okay. Yeah, good. All right. So now <laughs> the floor is yours. You can promote whatever you want. Where do you, how, do, how can people find you? That kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. So I have my website, which is www.dorakurimay.com. And um, um, on my website, um, uh, people can read my blog also. Um, they can find my books as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I've written a couple of books. Um, one of them is Get Your Game Face On. It's, it's, it's about what, how you can uh, develop rituals between points. The second one is Get Your Game Face On Like the Pros which is an extended version of Get Your Game Face On, which also includes uh, lifestyle choices. So it's also a matter of what lifestyle choices you you do that helps to able to perform consistently in the mm -hmm. long term. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the last one is my stories of mental toughness on and off the table when basically I'm sharing 11 of my life stories when I uh, went through challenging times, but I could still achieve my goals um, and um, and I share these stories and I also um, I also give tips what you can do mm -hmm. uh, after every chapter basically so these awesome. are my books yes awesome that's great yeah mm -hmm. those those three sound awesome <laughs> great uh, thank you so if anyone yeah. is interested I mean I highly recommend it uh, to to uh, read these books and um, and yes, my my service is also available on my my website. And if anyone um, 
just uh, have any questions or would like to have a short consultations, I'm, I'm also available. Great. So I'll, I'll, for those listening, I'll link all of this in the show notes and, and it'll be really easy to access Dora's stuff um, because she's awesome. And so thank you so much, Dora. <laughs> this is, this has been a real pleasure. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I look forward to putting this out to the to listeners. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dora. As always, I loved the self-awareness talk. That seems obviously to be a theme constantly on the podcast. Uh, And especially when she talked about learning your good tendencies from when you're at your peak ability and comparing those to when you're struggling. Uh, and, and, you know, learning how to improve those areas when you're struggling to be more consistently good, to be more consistently like they are when you're at your peak. Uh, those bad tendencies you have in competition are nothing more than habits that you develop over time. That's something I've learned uh, through talking to all these people and research of my own um, is the your tendencies are just habits that you've created. So... Uh, there's no need to feel like that's how you'll always be. Just just like habits that you've developed in other parts of your life, you can unlearn those habits. You, like for golf, you get over-anxious on the first tee, let's say. You can work on that habit. You're struggling to finish out a good round. You know, you're you're playing really well through 15 holes and, and all of a sudden the thought of like, just get it in the house, just just finish, or I wish this round was already over. You can work on that habit. And of course, you can do this alone through journaling and reviewing and applying, like Dora said. But I should mention that what we've said in this episode is not meant to be psychological help for any deep issues you're going through. If you are encountering really deep issues, you should talk to a licensed professional. And for the golf mental game, you can work with someone like Dora or myself. The link to contact Dora will be in the show notes. If you'd like to work one-on-one with a mental coach, I highly encourage you to go down that route if you're leaning that direction. All right. Thanks again to everyone listening to the show, whether you're new here or you've been here since day one. I really appreciate this community we've built. It's been awesome. This has been the Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols, and I'll see you guys next time.